1: This is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks if that's just me with a freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKS
0: Hunter. Before we get in everything, want to do a shout-out to our sponsorship partners, Spartan Forge, the presenting sponsor, Head over to SpartanForge.ai. If you're going to uh, download their app, do that, uh, but you might want to sign up on their website first, enter in code OHP, which stands for OK, it's on podcast, to save 25% off and then go ahead and download it, you can log in, it'll all work out for you. I uh, just shared a, a picture on our Instagram of <laughs> satellite footage that actually shows deer on it, pretty impressive how clear their maps are. So be sure to check those guys out. We did drink some Drop Time Spirits at Deer Camp and definitely had some Backwoods Grind coffee. You can use code OHP at BackwoodsGrind.com to save 10% on their coffee. Hey folks, uh, this is Eric here with the OKS Hunter podcast and it is Tuesday, November 23rd. Uh, so no live podcast today in lieu of the holiday, but also I'm sick as a dog uh definitely got something over the weekend at deer camp, so that's unfortunate. Uh, good time at deer camp. My dad tagged a nice seven-point buck on public land. He hadn't seen much for three years out there where we go, so that was pretty exciting. I didn't see much at all. I was sick up there, so I took it uh, pretty easy, did some light-duty hunting, basically. Our group overall saw a deer, but uh, not a lot of action. Seemed like the pressure was not as prevalent as years past, so I don't know that you know the deer were moving as much as normal. Uh, in any event, we'll get back to our regular uh, layout or whatever. Next week, we'll have a uh, guest on the, on the show. Uh, Truth from the stand is going to be joining Craig and I and, and Derek, potentially, if he's in the studio. So so doing something a bit different this week, wanted to still put some content out. And uh, this is a collage of a couple or four different stories of memorable hunts from people we've had on over the years, including John Eberhardt, uh, Pulling Feathers podcast, Full Draw Assassins, and Deers and Beers. <laughs> I thought these were just really good stories, fun stories. To listen to we have a whole bunch of them uh, from from the past, but uh, just brought these ones up to the surface and thought I'd share. Be good stories for you know Thanksgiving and, and just uh, you know general stuff. The one with uh, full draw assassins, they were hunting PA. So given the fact that I was just there two weeks ago, I thought that'd be a good one to share. Uh, always love to hear from deers and beers and what they have going on. Uh, it's good to hear from people that know what the hell they're doing too. Someone like John Everhart really knows how to get it done. So it's cool to hear his story hunting in uh, in Illinois. Uh and, and Pulling Feathers, their story is one of my all time favorites. So uh I think you're gonna enjoy that one. Try not to take any drinks before that one comes up. You might be spitting it out in a windshield or something. So um yeah, I hope you guys enjoy these stories and we'll be back next week. All right, so this first story is from John Eberhart hunting in December in Illinois on public land and he gets it done in a blizzard. So for those of you that are hunting late season, second rut, I thought this one would be a good one to kind of motivate you for that to hear how that went down for him. So here it is.
1: I have a lot of memorable hunts, (laughs) if you will. And I'll give one, uh, 2008, uh, this was in Illinois in December, public land, right after their gun season ended. And in 2007, I'd killed a a pretty nice buck down there. And this was at Starved Rock uh, State Park. And I was watching the weather forecast and I see there was a snow coming through there. And I called the park ranger the next day after it was supposedly went through and I asked him, did you guys get that snow? And he said, yeah, we got eight inches of fresh snow. So I went down there and it was cold. I was down there with a friend of mine and I prepped the same exact tree that I had hunted the year before and shot that buck in 2007. And it was a big oak tree next to a locust tree that was dropping those big beans. And the first evening hunt, it was seven degrees. 35 mile an hour, stiff winds, and it was snowing. It was basically a blizzard. And I'm sitting in this tree. I had on two Rivers West ambush jackets because they they had membranes in them, so they blocked the wind. I had on five adhesive uh, grabber body warmers. And I kept my nose, I was in my saddle, and I kept my nose against the tree to block the wind. I, I spun around, so I was on the downwind side of the wind from the tree. And at one point, I'm like, why in the hell am I even sitting here? Because there is no way a deer is going to move in these weather conditions. And about a half hour before dark, obviously I hadn't seen a thing, I heard something below me, and I turned my head, and there was three bucks walking by the base of my tree. They were not going to that locust tree. They were walking from the timber into this really tall weed field, which was right, I was on the edge of this tall, tall weed field. And it was a spike of four and a six point. I mean, it was a two, four, and a six, which is pretty rare. And I was like, wow. You know, I was, I was going to leave and go back to the motel because nothing was going to move. And now I just saw three bucks half hour before dark. So I said, okay, I'm just going to sit here and wait it out. And just before dark, I looked to the left, and here's <laughs> some deer, some does coming down the edge of this weed field towards this locust tree. And behind them was this big buck. And they came in and started eating uh, locust beans, and that big 12-pointer came into 17 yards. Long story short, 17 yards, I shot him, and he ran 80 yards, and I watched him fall down. And uh, it was a 160-inch, typical 12-point, and that was a very memorable hunt because of the severe... It was, hands down, the worst weather conditions I've ever hunted in
0: all right. This is one of my all-time favorite stories that was ever shared with us on the podcast. This is from Levi Carey with Pulling Feathers. They have a podcast out in Wyoming and uh, I'm not going to say anything about it. Just just buckle up, tune in, and enjoy this one.
2: So there's an area, it's a general uh, public land area that me and a buddy Kyle Holworth have been into. We've successfully got a bull both years, uh, but this year was my first time to be able to to put in and, and, and be a, a res, Wyoming resident and, and get to actually hunt up. elk. So me and Kyle, you know, we've been playing this for a long time. And we borrowed a couple of horses and a, a lady here in town. So we, we take off and as luck has it, going up first set of switchbacks, my horse decides to uh, lay down on me. We're not, you know, a mile into this hike. Um, and, and she falls down, she lays on her belly. She, she's sick, I'm not sure what's going on with her. Well, I try and get her up. Long story short, my, my horse falls off the side of this mountain quite a ways down, down the hill. So my, my gear is everywhere. This horse I thought was dead. And and there was another group of guys coming up behind us. The group behind us had this guy in, in the group that was just a complete badass. He's like, no, I'm coming up there with y'all. We're going to check out what's going on. He got up there me and Kyle. He's like, you got to shoot that horse. I'm like, look, man, this horse ain't mine. We're going to get her up. I'm on that lead rope pulling as hard as I can. Kyle's behind it, pushing it. Finally, this horse gets up. Surprisingly, we get her back to the trailer. We go back into town, and and we sleep it in town that night. We come back the next day, do what we got to do to get up the mountain. We finally get up. Well, we're up there about three or four days. You know, we're hunting hard. This is an elk hunt. We spot an elk about a thousand yards from us, really big bull. Kyle's been hunting elk for a long time, and and we're going to go in the next morning and chase this big bull. So we go in the next morning. We leave about three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Well, before daylight, we get up this huge ridge. I mean, you talk about hocking your ass off. We get up to the top of this ridge. It gets daylight. Nothing. Nothing's going on. You know, we're both just wore out. We've done what we've had to do to get there. So we're hanging out on the top of this ridge, and Kyle finally spots going to cows. So he's freaking out. He's like, All right, we got, we got Elf in here. So cows are just going through the timber one after another. He's like, Look, man, I see a, a five point, a little radicorn bull. Uh, let's get set up on this top ridge and uh, see what happens. So me and him are side by side, and he's ready. I'm ready. You know, we don't know if there's big bulls in here or not, but uh, that raghorn's there. So he said, look, the raghorn's yours. I want you to kill your first bull. So Kyle says, look, man, this, this bull is going to come through. You're going to have one shooting lane about five yards wide. You're going to pull the trigger. I'm going to cow call. And as uh, this bull comes through, he cow calls, and as he cow calls, simultaneously, I pull the trigger drop this five point." raghorn and uh it was one of the most incredible hunts i've ever been in in my life coming from alabama like levi says a flatlander to go to the highest point you know and, and kill a bull in the back country was uh something i'll never forget all
0: right this next one is from deers and beers this is from our friend ryan over there and uh he's got a really good game call that pulls in this this buck and he pulls it off through this tiny window and this isn't your typical game call. All right, just stay tuned.
3: It's Michigan, gun season, day number two. I'm sitting in my go-to blind in the morning. I see a couple does come walking by. My eyes perk up, my heart rate starts going. It's real early in the morning, I'm thinking, here we go. That buck's gonna be right behind one of them. And he wasn't, they kind of walked off and I didn't see shit for like a couple hours. It's now like 9.45, I'm thinking, well, this sucks. I decided to reach into my old bag of tricks and I play Fred Bear by Ted Nugent. And I shit you not, five minutes later, I look over to the right and out of the pine trees, 150 yards away, all I see is horns walking through the field. I get my gun up, I'm trying to get him in the scope and he stops behind this tree. This tree is probably 50 yards from me and the deer's another 100 yards beyond that. And it's a pretty thick tree, it's like a big bush and I don't have much of a window and he's just kinda out there grazing. And um, But there's about the size of a balloon of a window through this tree and he's just a couple steps from it but he's not moving and he stays in one spot for about five minutes he finally decides to move forward into this window and stops again hammer back safety off bam i take the shot total chaos i have no idea what's going on my ears are ringing you know the smell of gunpowder is everywhere but next thing you know i see his head perk up and he's looking around i'm thinking oh you idiot you spined him and he starts rolling around thrashing and kind of rolls down this little hill and I can't see him anymore. So I'm thinking, well, he probably ran off or, or he's still alive and I gotta go finish him off. So I get out of my blind, wait a couple minutes, have a couple beers to steady my nerves and I go walking over there and I come up over the crest of this hill and all I see is antlers laying down in the weeds. He's dead, I finally got myself a nice buck. Uh, cool part of the story is I shot him with a 30-30 and it went through one shoulder and out the other, but didn't pierce the skin. So I could feel the bullet just inside the skin through the shoulder. So I was gutting him. I was able to get the bullet back out. I actually got it in my hand right now looking at my deer. I'll send you guys a photo of it. Um, but that was my story. You know, sometimes all you need is just that little window. And if, if you can squeeze it through, you know, go ahead and take the shot. Keep your beers cold and shoot straight.
0: All right, our buddy's over at Full Draw Assassin. I believe this is Derek's story over there, uh, a hunt out of Pennsylvania that, you know, had to come full circle. And I thought this one was interesting, having gone to Pennsylvania for the first time ever uh, and hunting, my first out-of-state hunt ever, uh, two weeks ago or so. Um, It's pretty hilly over there, to say the least. So I have a a different appreciation for what it's like over there in the story. It strikes a little bit different now. So uh, here's the last one for this week's episode, and then uh, we'll be back next week, like I said, with our regular programming and live broadcast and all that stuff. And uh, hopefully everyone has a happy Thanksgiving and eat lots of food everyone's having a good time at your camp and stuff um yeah hit us up on on our social channels or send us an email if you like this one or, or what have you if you have a story to share let me know also be happy to get that out there and uh, we do have our um okayest moments that we just put on our website so you can check that out too and share those stories as well, we'll do something with that too thanks everybody. i was
4: up rt hunting
0: uh late october at upstate pennsylvania i'm sitting in the
4: tree stand and this is Glass light, and I have high grass in front of me, waist high. But if I'm up high enough that I can see down into the grass, and I see a deer pull out of the tree line, I'm hunting over this, this cut through the woods, and it's walking right to me. And if it walks in front of me, it's going to be broadside at 30 yards. And I've never shot a buck with a bow, so I'm, I'm nervous, I'm cranked up. The buck walks, it's walking, it's walking. I see it, it was a nice buck, it's a nice rack. I pull back, and I shoot. And Buck does a 180, spins around, and I'm like, "Holy shit, that's not how it is on the hunting shows." So I could shoot again. I put another arrow in. I shoot. I hit it in, like towards the top of the back. It takes off, and it's, it's getting dark at this point. And I just see the luminox from my arrow running up the top of the mountain. I, that's how dark it is where we are. I'm like, "Okay, we're gonna let it sit." So the next day, we pull up to the to the cornfield. He's like, holy shit, dude, what is that out there? You see my Illuminati running across the field the next day in the morning. I'm like, all right, I guess he's still alive. The next week we came back up. We know we didn't find that deer, you know. Um, I, I drive all through the night to get to camp. I get to camp at 6 in the morning. I pull my bow out. I take a couple shots. Everyone else is already hunting. It's November, like, 4th upstate. Pennsylvania, which is normally freezing cold, and it was like 65 degrees. And I'm sweating. It's 11 o'clock. I get in the stand. I'm sitting there. I'm on my phone. At 11.05, I look to my left, and there's a nice eight-pointer walk right next to me at 10 yards. I stand up. He stops and runs 10 yards farther, turns around, and I pull back. I hit him. I thought I hit him good. He ran. I call my buddy. He comes down and gets me. We're walking down the hedgerow, and he's like, there's blood, there's blood, there's blood. I'm like, I never saw a buck with a bow. I'm all super excited. I don't know what the blood trail looks like with an arrow. I'm like, "This is, I don't know if this is good. He's like, he's over there. And I started bawling my eyes out, crying like a kid. It was unbelievable. And it turns out it was the same buck that I shot with the Illuminati. Two stories into one, but it was the most memorable experience of my life. I could relive it in my head.